Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are a regional chapter of Swing Left dedicated to engaging the community and helping Democrats win in Nebraska. You'll be hearing from local leaders, politicians, and candidates who champion for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska. When we understand what's going on, we care. And when we care, we take action. We'll give you the inspiration, information, and tools you need to stay fired up in electing candidates who will fight for Nebraskans and to strengthen our democracy. Let's mobilize, let's take action, let's go! Hello, I'm Leah, a volunteer with Swing Left Nebraska and your host for today's podcast. Thank you so much for showing up to give your ears, mind, and heart a little num num democracy treat. We have an incredible show for you today. I'm excited for you to hear today's guest. Alicia Shelton. She's one of the candidates running for Congress District 2, covering Omaha and surrounding areas in the primary on May 10th. Alicia is a mental health therapist and community advocate running to give Nebraskans a new voice in Washington. Her job as a counselor is to listen to people first. Through her work as a counselor, she's helped many Nebraskans navigate both their own mental health needs and challenges posed by a flawed healthcare system. She isn't a politician. She's an everyday Nebraskan whose experience and perspective can help shape our laws. Before we learn more about Alicia, I want to make sure that you are aware that last week it was announced that redistricting after the latest census sh shifted close to 40% of Douglas County voting locations, changing polling places for many ahead of the upcoming primary elections. If you don't check your status or you don't vote by mail early, you may find out on election day that your representative has changed because you are likely moved into a new political subdivision and not even realize it. Let me repeat that. If you don't check your status, or you don't vote by mail early, you may find out on election day that your representative has changed because you are likely moved in a new political subdivision. Now the Douglas County Election Commission will soon send out postcards to inform voters of the change. Preston Love with the Omaha NAACP chapter and Black Votes Matters said he's concerned that people will throw away the yellow card when it comes to the mail. And I agree. Thankfully, you can look up your address on the Douglas County Voter website to see if your polling place or any of your representatives has changed. You can also call 444-VOTE to confirm the location of your polling place. Your vote is important and it matters and it makes a difference. So please, please, please take a minute just to check your polling location. All right, it's time for Alicia. Woo -woo. Be sure to stick around after for a sneak peek into who our next guest will be and some actions and things that you can do right now to get fired up in the fight for our democracy. Welcome, Alicia. I am thrilled to have you as a guest today. Thank you for your time. And I've been lucky enough to have heard you speak at a few events. One of the things that always stands out to me when you speak 
is the love that you have for your family and the influence that they have had on your dedication to service. Can you discuss this with the folks listening? I love my family. I feel that I'm very blessed, especially as a therapist, because um, I've counseled many people, right, who have had numerous uh, problems with family members. And so I think the person who is the matriarch of my family is my mother. Um, and so I, I was a very curious kid. I was someone who was very excited. And once I knew right from wrong, my parents, they they really supported that. And uh, they allowed me to speak up for myself. And my mother would, even in elementary school, uh, have me handle my own problems. So if I would say, the teacher said this, and mom, can you call them? She would say, no. What? <laughs> like First, let's figure out what's wrong. And then you you should tell them. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, I have the worst mother in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, everybody else, their mom will call the school. Why won't you call the school? Um, and she's like, look, you need to be able to learn how to communicate with people, especially adults. And really what I want to know is what you're going to do about it. So I couldn't go to her with a problem unless I had a solution. Right. And then she would help me work through that solution. My mother, oh gosh, her being someone, she just really propelled me into service. And I think kind of unintentionally, mm -hmm. I don't know if she did that intentionally, uh, but it feels like it was just kind of natural. I moved out here when I was eight, 12 years old. Back then it was six of us, my two parents, six kids. And we moved around a lot simply because my father struggled with em employment uh, and we lived in New York at the time and it's expensive in New York. And so I had seven elementary schools before we came to Nebraska. So if you can imagine as a kid, right, experiencing that. And my mom would say, it doesn't matter, you know, wherever you are, wherever we go, we have to pay attention to people. And when they need help, we need to help them. Well, you know, in New York, that's not true. In New York, people walk by, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? My mom didn't believe that. She believed if somebody needed help, you needed to stop and see what exactly they needed help with. And so my first real example of that, I was in high school. We lived in North Omaha on the corner of 31st in uh, Fowler. Mm -hmm. And there was a snowstorm and there was a car accident that morning. It was a Saturday. We didn't have, we happened to not have school, but I woke up to a big boom and my mom just literally called us out of the house and knew it was just go time. And she said, I need you guys out. And you know, 10 seconds, five seconds, like get outside, get your coats. And we come running out to a car that's flipped over a woman trapped in her car. It was a geo Metro. I'll never forget it. I've never wanted to ride in those cars ever since and I never have and there was a toddler that somehow got thrown from the car my mom just directed us to into action of what to do and my mom taught me CPR at an early age I also did ROTC in high school so I always was certified in first aid and CPR and that is not that's just one instance that really threw me into public service and my mom and I have had multiple instances it's expected for us to turn around right mm -hmm. if there's a car accident and police aren't on the scene. Just the other day, like I just was thinking about maybe two months ago, my mother happened to call me and she was like, hey, I'm at this Walmart. I'm at the customer service desk. They have no AED. I just wanted to let you know. And what that means is, Alicia, if you happen to be at this Walmart and somebody needs help, don't waste your energy, your time asking if they have an AED. Just help, right? That's the kind of mother that I grew up with. And I am so lucky because in our household, what that taught me was that as long as I was 
was on the side of right. As long as I cared enough to help people, my mother would never discipline me. She would always, you know, have my back <laughs> and inspire me. And it made me want to get more involved with my community and the people around me in the neighborhood. So Alicia, it sounds like your mom was determined to empower you to be an advocate for yourself. And as a result, you stand up for what you believe and you've dedicated your life to be an advocate for others in need. I remember in one specific instance, um, a teacher at like parent teacher conferences was telling my mom that I have a bad habit of getting into people's business. Um, she was like, like Alicia always, you know, stands up to the bully that's not bullying her. And my mom was like, well, that's what I've taught her to do. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell her, I'm not going to tell her not to do that. And if that is not acceptable in your classroom, what, what can we do to change the environment? Right? So that, that doesn't happen all of the time. That's exactly how I feel when I'm working with my clients. Uh, uh, in my in my career, uh, when I worked in Winnebago and saw what the government, oh my God, was doing, that I have a great ability to put myself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. I have a great ability to imagine what that might feel like because as an everyday person, I have seen and been through many situations. And I think the very first uh, goal that I always have in every situation is to make sure everyone is seen, valued, and heard because we deserve it. We deserve someone who's going to listen to us and understand our experiences. And so when I'm in politics and when I, you know, I started very, very 14 years ago, registering voters, doing letter writing parties. And one of the biggest frustrations I had in doing that was that you get these form letters back. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like they took the time to listen to you. So then I started doing phone calls. And even then you get these, you get on their email list. They tell you happy holidays and then you still get a same standard letter, right? They don't really speak to the experiences that you are put in and taking your time and put it into the letter. And so what I try to do is make sure that I remember the stories that people share with me and use those as motivations to create my policies. I can only function with a policy if it has, if I have a person in mind, it has to remind me of someone. I have to understand what it looks like for someone to go through this. So if I'm thinking of a health healthcare policy, there's a family, there's a person that I can bring up in my mind that can't afford their medication, right? that, that is trying to figure out how they're going to afford their medication on their disability check when they get $700 a month, and they're also trying to get groceries. And so I can imagine that and say, oh, this isn't enough. This is too much money. It has to be lower. As a mental health therapist, you must have the ability to be genuinely empathetic and put yourself in other people's shoes in order to provide the most impactful support. What are some of the policies that you are most passionate about fighting for as someone who has already dedicated their career to serve the people? Oh my gosh, economic recovery is huge because of what has happened in the pandemic. Um, I have a husband who works in logistics and so I understand in a little bit more detail about at the start of the pandemic, right? When we were all working from home, how production companies slowed down production in, in many areas. We overproduce in this country. And so understanding that and people getting sick and us not having uh, the vaccines yet or even understand how to manage this virus, we were still learning if we should even wear masks. Now, now we're at the point where items we need are not on the shelves. And if they are on the shelf, the price is higher, right? So we have some inflation. And I think that is the biggest issue because I understand what it's like to not be able to be in a family and not be able to watch everybody eat dinner. You know, there were times where my mom and dad just fed us. Uh, there were times on holidays, even Thanksgiving, where I remember we had sandwiches one time, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like a big meal. Um, and so right now, 
now we have people, what my mom would say is it's, it's impacted my pocketbook and I don't want anything to impact my pocketbook. Mm -hmm. And right now we're hitting people in their pocketbooks. And that is so discouraging to me. So I think we need a, a realistic plan for economic recovery. The other thing that is really huge right now is reproductive rights. My mom once told me in high school that I needed to pay attention because this could happen. She's like, you never know. They could overturn Roe v. Wade. And I'm like, yeah, Mom, it is, you know, we are in 1990, whatever, six, like this will never happen. Here we are in 2022. And I cannot believe the amount of individuals who do not understand reproductive rights and abortion access being quality health care. Um, and so with me having my own experience with this, I, I am so driven to make sure that these protections stay in place. What policy are you most fired up to fight for. The one that stands out the most is voting rights mm -hmm. um, and federal protections and mandates for voting rights simply because why, if this country is built on a democracy, why are we making it more difficult for people to cast their vote? Right. I do not understand it. Um, there was a time when I was working on the reservation. I can't remember exactly which year this was, but specifically, I can't speak for everyone in Indian country, but let's say in when, right here, Winnebago, uh, right in our state, they get PO boxes from the government, right? For free. Mm -hmm. They have a post office there. It's, it's important for them to have access to that because a lot of the roads in their communities technically in the government eyes doesn't exist right? Mail might not be able to find them. And so they were trying to push a mandate where you could not use a PO box on your voter registration form. Would have wiped out so many people being able to cast their vote. They live here. Why are we making it more difficult? And so that is something that I definitely, I'm always going to be here when people need me. I am always going to push so that everyone is seen, valued, and heard. And that is something that is very, very important to me um, in this campaign in this year, especially where we are right now. It's great to hear that you recognize how critical it is to put voting rights front and center as something to pay attention to and fight for. I talked about this on my first podcast about how voting rights are being hijacked both at a federal level and even at a local level right here in Nebraska. Republican senators were fighting to shorten the window of when ballots could be mailed to try to outlaw tallying early ballots before polls closed, which would delay the results. They wanted to add new mail voting restrictions and even try to undo nonpartisan nature of our legislator elections. So what do you suggest? What can we do at a local le level to fight back? Here's the thing. It's 2022. We cannot afford to not talk about politics. When I grew up, I remember, you know, politics being off the table, not something that you were supposed to talk about and, and casual conversation. We can no longer do that. We have to ask people, are they registered to vote? We have to get out here and explain to people, you should check your voter reg registration status. Why should you check it? Because in our state, they purge the voter file. So if you have not voted and a certain, you missed a few elections, you should definitely check your voter status. You should go to the website and look it up. Same thing if you move. If you move, you need to register to vote again. We have to start making this part of a regular conversation so that everyone understands that you, we, the biggest, it's, it's, it's as important as having your driver's license to drive, right? Absolutely. Right in Nebraska, we got a lot of work to do for our transportation system. So you cannot take a bus everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
for us to maintain that driver's license so we could get to work, get our groceries and everything that we need, it is the same thing with your voting registration status. Uh, and locally, I think we have seen time and time again, I don't even know what year it was. I think it was 2010. Uh, I, Senator Moorfield, Adam Moorfield was working with Nebraska Appleseed. He was one of the first individuals that taught me how to do a better like testimony, mm. right? In the unicameral. And the first bill that I testified on where I was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to keep going. It was the voter ID bill. And this constantly comes up again and again and again and again, right? We've seen it in our state. And so we have to make sure that people understand we have to talk about it. We have to get out here. So the very first thing is uh, voter education. The second thing is I think everyone should think about as as much as we can at political events, uh, registering voters. Mm -hmm. It is not uh, that difficult. You you could use a Democrat, some a Democrat and someone who is an independent to register voters. You do need people from two parties there, but there's also independent folks who uh, League of Women Voters is a great entity. Uh, for example, as long as it's a partisan event, you have people from multiple parties there, they will come and register voters for you. Mm -hmm. I think it is so important that we constantly talk about it and do everything we can to make sure that it's accessible to the community. Um, the last thing that I would say is that groups, you know, the, the easy path that we want to make sure is that people know when to register to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, when you are turning 18, if you're going to be 18 by the time that the election is for the primary in for the general, then you can register or you turn 18. It's like a certain amount of time. People know about like getting their cards and their green cards in the mail if you did not receive one, letting them know the websites that they can go to uh, so that they can uh, complete those and vote by mail. All of those are so very important because right now election days are not a national holiday. Most of us still have to work. Most of us, if we forget to get it in the mail, you know, we have to hit it by eight o'clock. And if you have a family and you have to provide dinner, or if you work a non-traditional schedule, you might be working at a time frame where you can't get to the polls. And so I think right now it's so important just to make sure that people have those basic details so they know how they can help. I totally agree. I think it's important that we not only take the time to learn how to register to vote and voting deadlines and where drop boxes are, et cetera, et cetera, for ourselves, but it's critical that we have the adequate information so that we're able to feel confident when we give that information to other people. Speaking of, I actually didn't realize that I had to resubmit an application for an early mail-in ballot for this election. Silly me, I thought, because I applied for an early ballot in the 2020 election that I was good to go. So I'll plug in that deadline. April 22nd is the last day to apply for an early mail-in ballot. And I will link all the links in the show notes below. Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. I was having conversations, you know, in my 20s with some folks who were like, I didn't know which judge to vote for. I didn't have a time to look this up. You know, I just went and casted my vote for maybe two candidates that motivated them. Well, now I feel like with voting by mail, right, everyone is understanding that you can Google them. You can look up their information. You can see their platform. You can make an educated decision. Uh, yeah, right? I uh, I saw that you were recently yeah. endorsed by the Congressional Black Caucus and Emily's List. That's pretty incredible. 
Um, did I miss any other endorsements? Um, and can you tell me a little bit about those endorsements and like what they mean to you? Yes, we do have some additional endorsements. Um, the We have the People Pack is a pack that uh, the past uh, nominee, Car Eastman, created. Uh, we have her endorsement through that pack. And there is an Elect Black Women Pack that we have been endorsed by as well, the Collective Pack. And then there are some community members and I may forget someone, mm-hmm. but those mean the most to me. And so, you know, Precious McKesson mm-hmm. and Ashford, uh, Morgan Freeman, for instance, uh, is it's really inspiring to know that those individuals have uh, supported me. And so what these endorsements mean for someone, uh, a candidate like myself who uh, has refused corporate PAC money, it is very, very helpful to get support and strategy because I'm an everyday person, right? I've worked my entire life. My first job was to tousle in corn when I was 13. I've never stopped working since then, only to run this uh, campaign. And even still, I have a very small caseload of clients that I'm still seeing. And it is very uncomfortable for me, right? <laughs> like I've never done this in my life. Uh, I'm used to bringing in money. And so I am someone who understands common sense and understands that we are better together. Not only that, like in everything I have done in my life, I don't care if I am uh, uh, employing someone, a contractor to do some work on my house, or if I'm out uh, eating dinner and I'm with a a wait staff, or if I am counseling someone, all I need to communicate is to know their names and their pronouns. And we can have a conversation and we can work together and there is never a problem. Right. Right? And so for me, it to, it's just interesting that we can't do that nowadays. And so being able to have a conversation with these folks who understand strategy and these packed packs and understand specifically how a black woman uh, can un- can navigate through these waters and make sure that we are taken seriously as candidates. That has been very, very amazing and very supportive. That's interesting to say of all the endorsements, the ones that stood out, you know, are the ones that are in the community who you recognize in leaders. And, you know, obviously they recognize you as a leader as well, and they believe in you representing um, the district. What inspired you to not accept corporate donations for your campaign? So what inspired me to even run for this office, well, the last office that I ran for and uh, be attracted to federal policies is what was happening. I worked at federally qualified health centers. I work on it at it. I worked at an Indian health services site. I was working on Winnebago when the tribe ended up purchasing the hospital from the government. I got to see, unfortunately, what was happening and with health disparities in marginalized communities. And so for me, I also got to see drug reps. I also got to see what happens uh, when they buy, you know, they take the entire medical staff to a fancy dancy steakhouse and say, this is what we want you to prescribe. And this is what we are going to give to you. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that it was interesting to see how many people actually jumped on the bandwagon. So for me, it it became personal, uh, especially when I could see the problems that people were were having, especially with narcotic medication, right? And this big push that was coming. And so if you look at in Citizens United, what they have shared is that our own representative, Don Bacon, has taken tons of money from Mm -hmm. pharmaceutical packs, Mm -hmm. 
right? Oh yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's out there, folks. It's out it is there. out there. <laughs> it's out there. And uh, to me, it's common sense. Mm-hmm. Why is he not voting for lower prescription drug costs? Why is he not voting to expand healthcare? Why is he not voting for healthcare protections in this community when at one point, Douglas County had the highest STD rates in gonorrhea and chlamydia? Mm-hmm. We have high amounts of people with diabetes who cannot get their medications. Uh, it was ridiculous. So for me, seeing and understanding that I wanted no parts of it. I wanted people to understand that they can trust that I will have their best interest at heart. My vote will not be purchased. It will not be bought because who I will be working for and serving is the people what? in this district. No. Right? I, you serve the people. What? And as So as an advocate, as someone who has been trained as an advocate, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I have had to go up to schools. You know, I worked in uh, Kid Squad, which is a program that works in with Head Start. Uh, we come in with kiddos who have behavioral problems, age three to five, and we come and recreate um, ideas and uh, write out a plan that the teacher can implement in the classroom to help with these behavioral problems, right? Well, I have done that. Uh, I did groups in Bellevue Public Schools at Mission, Logan Fontenelle, and Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. And so I have been at Belvedere Elementary with through Charles Drew with the school-based health centers. And then I had another job where I uh, went to IEP meetings, right, and represented kiddos. And all of this work that I have done, it was so necessary for me to stand up and not the parent, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was vital for me to be the person to say, this is your policy. This is what you are supposed to be doing. And why are you not doing it to, in order to make sure that the parents can continue to have a, a, a nice and regular and normal relationship with the teacher and the administrative staff, right? I didn't care. You're not going to see me again after this meeting, likely. But what I am going to do is my best to push and advocate for change with this kiddo in this classroom, in this situation. And so that's the same concept that I take when I'm trying to write policies, when I'm trying to talk to elected officials. It makes no sense for us to do this when you have more people in your district who who want, who are in favor of voting rights, more people in your district who are in favor for lower prescription drug costs, uh, more people in your district who are in favor of abortion access than not. It's a numbers game. And if you don't have that common sense just look at the numbers. Right. You're fighting for what the people want, essentially. Who you're coming in contact with that are telling you, all the polls tell you this. So inevitably, what happens when you're someone who actually listens to the people and you're fighting for what happens for the people? At least what I notice, you're prime target for smears, lies, uh, misinformation. Have you experienced anything yet? If so, I'm sorry, because it's horrible. <laughs> uh, and two, do you have a plan in action or our thoughts on how you... Um, are able to confront that and deal with that. You know, as someone who, right, identifies as a woman, I think that it's really easy for us to understand this because unfortunately in corporate America, we are already kind of put into a box in a category. Um, And so 
Right now, the biggest input that I have been receiving is uh, me being quote unquote unqualified. Uh, And it's the most interesting part about it is that to be a politician, all you need is an opinion and to be a citizen of a certain age, right? Typically, depending on the office, it might, you have residency requirements. You might have to be a certain age. Like if you want to run for president, I think you got to be 30, right? Somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a, a U.S. citizen. And so what is, why is it that for, to be a therapist, I had to go to a master's, get a master's degree, right? Social worker, you got to get a master's degree, doctor, you got to go to medical school, right? And so wouldn't you think that the person who understands how to to work with people and to understand their behaviors in their mind should be the person who is qualified for this position. Um, And so that is the biggest part that I hear that I didn't do it the way that people wanted me to do this as, uh, for example, maybe starting on like the school board level. I don't think what they understand is that I've been on multiple boards. I've been in multiple leadership roles uh, through my sorority, all the way from the chapter president in Omaha, all the way up to the regional level with programming um, and social action. And so What I will not do is have to defend my uh, qualifications. I think those are obvious and people can see that. Not only that, you can read up on me (laughs) and I'm happy to to share information about me. Now for additional attacks, obviously I'm sure they are going to say anything possible Mm -hmm. to discourage me because that is the Republican technique, right? What they are going to do is try to instill fear. And what I plan to do is as much as possible, get out in the community, get my messaging out here, by just being who I am and saying what we are working to do so that people can find the truth. My mom once told me in high school when I was talking with her about some he said, she said stuff, you know, how how people in high school, there's groups, et cetera, those mean people and, and popular kids or whatever you would deem them as. And one, my mom just kind of looked at me weird and was like, well, I don't even want to hear what solution you're going to say because I know who you are mm-hmm. and I know who your character is. And my daughter doesn't have to prove herself to anybody. Mm-hmm. All she has to do is stand and keep being who she is. Mm-hmm. And that's, I still think of that to this day. Mm-hmm. I, I will stand in my My record speaks for itself. I grew up through the Omaha public school system. I am the person I am today because of the access that I have had. I'm the person I am today because I come from humble beginnings and I value everything, especially hard work. And I value people. And so I hope that I can continue to get out here and mobilize in the community so they can see me and understand exactly who I am. Yeah, when I've talked, I've told you before when I heard you speak at the Swing Left event, something that you bring, and I think it's very apparent, is your genuineness. And I think most people can see through that. And like you said, you know, you have the actual lived experiences, which is is very unique um, in in people who are politicians. So, what kind of inspiration uh, can you offer people right now? to help them get fired up and stay fired up right now in the fight to strengthen our democracy. It's easy to get apathetic and tired right now, but what are some things that you can offer to people as inspiration to get fired up and stay fired up right now? Oh my gosh, I love I love that. So I think the, the biggest thing that I can offer is this, um, simply because you are living and breathing in this moment and in this time, you matter. 
you make such a difference with everything that you are doing in order to survive. COVID and the very beginning impacted so much. We lost so many people. It has, um, you know, so many families are experiencing a grief journey right now. And I am so sorry for that. Uh, but you're still here for a reason. And I hope that everyone knows that. So please don't check out. And if you need help or support right now, please reach out to people. There are so many people who will talk with you, including a Nebraska Family Helpline. They are so great. And I don't know if we can link like their name, their phone numbers uh, in this podcast, but I first want to make sure that everyone takes time to know that you are exactly where you are right now for a reason. And if you are going through something, just remember you are going through it. It is not going to be permanent for you. Uh, so please don't check out because we need you in this fight. We need you in our community and you're still here for a reason. Uh, what I can offer people is this. I am always going to do what is best for you. My track record shows that <laughs> and everything that I have done in my life uh, from being in uh, programs at my school, from high school, uh, being on student councils, et cetera, all the way up. I will always represent the people. I am someone who I cannot sleep at night <laughs> if I know that there is inequality in, in certain places. And at the end of the day, just because you are breathing, like my mama taught me, just because you are on this earth, you deserve respect. You deserve someone who is going to be there for you. And I hope to be that person. I hope to be this new age politician mm -hmm. who no longer represents the establishment, mm -hmm. who is here for the people and understands and has regular opportunities where you can connect with me and actually talk with me. Um, and so that is what I am offering an everyday person who might be labeled as an underdog, but is here for you mm -hmm. to stand with you. And the last thing I can say is I am just like you. I want things to get better. I want the, 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 the madness to stop where it's like we can't even talk to each other anymore. We need to bring love back to the table, respect back to the table and simply be here. And that's something that we do in Nebraska that I've always admired. Nebraska is where I got my stability. It's where I had one high school, one middle school, <laughs> right? Um, not only that, what I love about Nebraska is when people need help, everyone chips in to get the job done, whether we have a tornado storm or <laughs> something comes up, neighbors come out and they're there for each other. Right. It's, it's the most amazing thing. And I will be here for everyone just like we are there for each other in those moments. I love it. Bringing it back to common sense, bringing it back to the heart um, and authenticity. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there anything else about your campaign that I didn't ask, but you want everyone to know about? Well, I will say that being a mental health therapist, you know, I also understand trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really big into trauma-informed care. And what that means is that daily we have individuals who are overcoming something that has taken them out of their normal routine. And I see it and I get it and I want to put a stop to it, right? I want to do everything I can to help. And so because of that, you can trust 
that I'm going to make sure that we are represented, that anything that we need, anything that your kids need, (laughs) anything that your family needs, whatever you guys talk about that you're worried about, I want to hear about that because I want to create a solution and know how to fix it. And so if there's an issue that I have not spoke of, please reach out to me because I want to hear how it's impacting you and what you need a politician to do to help. I think that's such a great point. Um, using the word trauma, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, like a car accident or somebody died suddenly. Sounds like you recognize that trauma is subjective. Two years of a pandemic, let's be real, you know, our lives have been turned upside down. So the fact that you recognize trauma and the impact uh, for whatever level and really allowing the person to identify what that is, is is so important. How can people get involved in your campaign? Let's first talk about how people can volunteer and then we'll get to the dollar dollar bills. (laughs) Yes. uh, If I would love for folks to volunteer. There's so much that we can do and talk about. And so if you go to aliciashelton.com, that's A-L-I-S-H-A-S-H-E-L-T-O-N.com and sign up to volunteer. My team will reach out to you. We are not only looking for people to help with like, you know, postcards or letter writing or, you know, parades. I also would love to have conversations with people in their field. Like talk to me about what you do for a living and what I need to know, maybe what the government is overlooking right now, um, because I love policies. And like I said earlier, I love writing policies with people and families in mind. And I would love to talk and understand what we need so that we can, number one, recover from this pandemic, but also heal from everything that we have been through. Yeah, and I'll I'll definitely link all that information um, in the show notes. That's an interesting request. You're sounding the alarms for people who are in the community doing the work, working with the people and asking them what they need instead of assuming what they need. Right. There's no way, right? I love, I love Nebraska. Like I said, my heart is here. I've grown up here. My stability was here, but I I don't live in every single neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in every single part of town. And so I specifically do not know what's happening in every single neighborhood. I mean, if I did, I would be an amazing, maybe psychic or something like that, but I don't. And so I would love to talk with folks so that I can see maybe, you know, that I bring my perspective, but my perspective is not the only perspective I need to understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would love to understand their perspectives and what they need. Right. Because Omaha is what, five, 600,000 people. And then uh, the other community that is now part of District 2, it's a lot of different people, a lot of different ideas, a lot of little bringing upbringings, economic status. So let's talk about the dollar dollar bills. Um, as you had spoken about earlier, uh, you are not taking corporate funds. So literally every dollar is going to making a sign, a sticker, an envelope, a stamp. Tell us where people can donate and some options um, in that capacity. Absolutely. So you can visit aliciashelton.com to donate. 
Um, and thank you, Leah, for being willing to put the links uh, included with this podcast. And, you know, this is a grassroots campaign. It's for the people. So our average donation is about $25. Many people donate monthly, uh, $10 monthly. And so donate what you can. But at the end of the day, if you have been inspired by something that I said, uh, if you want to help, I would love to have your support and whatever you think is necessary for me to flip this seat and win because it is such an opportunity. Not only that, if we do not flip this seat in 2022, I am very worried (laughs) that it is going to be out of our reach the next time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's because of what is happening. If we were to lose the House of Representatives, I don't know that our our, our voting rights will exist. I don't know what they will look like. Um, And so I know that I am the best person who can take on Don Bacon. I know that we can flip this seat because we are the blue dot. (laughs) We are CD2. We are the people who get it and understand and want change. And so for us to keep pushing for that, uh, that means more to me than anything else, your motivation and your desire to just wake up in the morning and keep living your life. And so please, even $5 is very, very helpful. Do what you can. And I appreciate you so much for even thinking about investing in this campaign. Alicia's absolutely right. We have made the blue dot blue before, twice in my lifetime. We've had Democrat governors. We've had Democrat senators. We've had Democrat Congress folks. This is not a pie in the sky idea. We can do it. Alicia, I really appreciate your time and your passion and your dedication. And again, your um, unique um, history and past and what you're doing right now and what you can bring to the table. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else? Any final words? Uh, Final words. I would love for everyone to do an activity with me. And that would be just at the count of three. Let's just take a really big, deep breath and release it. And let's go in through our nose and out through our mouths because we've got this if we work together. And so one, two, three. Alicia, can um, I just put you in my pocket and remind have you remind me every like five minutes? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, is so important. And so I hope that everyone is taking care of that. And I'm happy to send you a message and say, Leah, are you breathing? I'll be like, oh, I forgot. I forgot. I'm stressed out. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. And we'll get all that information out for everybody. Check her website out. She's got some awesome swag. Um, Remember, every dollar, every cent makes a difference. Um, Find some things that you can get involved with volunteer-wise. If dollars aren't something you have or you don't like going in front of people, um, we could lots of different options, letter writing, calls, all the good things, something for everybody. So, all right. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. Wowza. Oh my goodness. That was so good. I loved learning more about Alicia. I had a blast. I hope you did too. On next week's episode, you'll be hearing from Senator Tony Vargas, who is also running for Nebraska Congressional District 2 in Omaha and surrounding areas in the primaries May 10th. Senator Vargas has 
served Nebraskans as an elected official for the last decade. He has devoted his career to public service and improving opportunities for all Nebraskans. He has served the community since 2013, first as a member of the Omaha Public Schools Board, and then as a member of the Nebraska Legislature. As a senator, Tony has developed a reputation for civility and working with anyone to get things done for Nebraskans. He has successfully passed legislation to strengthen schools, improve access to healthcare, and encouraging technology and innovation and improving consumer protections. This is a fun interview, so you don't want to miss it. Let me tell you a secret. You ready? Your voice is powerful and the actions you take make a difference. I mean, think about it. If they didn't believe you made an impact, why would the Republicans pour in tons of money to suppress your vote nationwide and right here in Nebraska? They're doing that by trying to shorten the window of when ballots could be mailed, adding new voting mail restrictions, and trying to undo nonpartisan nature of our elections? Seriously? Alicia discussed the real possibility that if we lose the House, reproductive rights and economic justice are on the line. This is a five alarm fire. Not one Republican in the US Senate or House voted for the Freedom to Vote Act that had measures that are urgently needed, including automatic vote registration, protecting and expanding voting by mail, same day voter registration, and preventing partisan gerrymandering also making voting day a national holiday. Can you imagine getting an entire day paid off to go and vote? Can you imagine how that could really help motivate someone who's never voted? This bill was just one step we needed to take to ensure every American can make their voices heard in our elections, especially black, brown, and young voters and voters with disabilities who are disproportionately impacted by voter suppression laws. So it's up to us. It's up to us to mobilize and elect Democrats in this election who will fight for voting rights. Well, how do we do that when they're trying to suppress the votes? There's lots we can do. One, I strongly encourage you to check out Alicia's website for volunteer options and opportunities and ways that you can donate. I will also link Senator Carol Blood's governor campaign website again. I know she could use a lot of volunteer and financial support as well. Definitely check out episode one to hear my interview with Senator Carol Blood if you haven't already. It was a blast. Look, when we understand how and why Republicans are trying to take our votes from us and weaken our democracy, it's hard not to care. And when we care, it's hard not to want to take action. So first off, I'd like to give you a Swing Left Nebraska podcast fist bump for the action you took to show up and make it this far through some num num democracy talk. I have a few other action suggestions for you. So check it out. Vote Forward and Swing Left Nebraska are working together to increase civic participation by sending letters to voters to increase participation of underrepresented communities in the electoral ward. So this is going on across the United States. Now, Nebraska District 2 is 
a critical area for maintaining and expanding democratic power at the state and national level. We know by encouraging democratic-leaning voters to turn out here, we can help ensure that their voices are heard. If you go to the Vote Forward website, you'll be able to gain access to your own volunteer dashboard. From the dashboard, you can adopt a list of Democrat-leaning voters in Nebraska District 2. You'll be able to download a typed letter template to which you'll add your own handwritten message and then manage your pro progress by marking your letters as prepared and then marking them sent on the mail date. It's very easy. You just have to check it out. It all makes sense. So the goal for Nebraska is 21,474 letters total. Thus far, 1170 letters have already been sent out. Now, our goal, Swing Left Nebraska's goal, is to mail out 5,000. And let me tell you, we've already kicked it off to an awesome start. We had our first letter writing party on March 13th. And it was a ton of fun. You can check out our social media to catch the picture of the fun that you missed out on. And we would love, 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 love to have you at one of our letter writing events. Uh, we'll be doing another one next Sunday on March 9th, ooh, excuse me, March 20th, and another one on April 10th. But if you can't make it and you prefer to write some letters from your home, like I said, I'll link that information about the um, about Vote Forward so that you can do all the things on your own. You can also join us on March 24th for a canvassing informational meeting at 7 p.m. at the Casual Point. Love to meet you there. As always, I'm going to be drilling in deadlines and voting information dates. May 10th is the primary. April 22nd is the deadline to register to vote online or request an early mail-in ballot. It is approaching so fast. And just as a reminder, if you voted by mail in the last election, you have to request an early mail-in ballot by April 22nd, and then make sure you mail it by May 3rd. I love to be able to have the ballot in my hand at home so that I can look up all the people that are running and really take the time to make a very informed decision. There's still time to sign up to be a poll worker or a poll watcher for the primary. Um, it's fun and it's a great way to help your community. I need to actually get my application in because the deadline is March 23rd. Finally, I'd love to hear from you. Please drop me a message at leah.swingleftnebraska at gmail.com. I want to know your feedback, your suggestions. Do you have suggestions for guests or if you have any questions, let me know. I am okay with constructive criticism as well. I like it. So this is this show is for you. So let me know how I can best give you the information that you desire. I also invite you to tell me what you're doing to stay fired up and engage in the fight to strengthen our democracy. And I would love to share with our listeners. We've already had a few people write in, so I may share those things that people are already doing on our next episode. So tune in. As always, I'll be linking all the links in the show notes with information on how to register the vote deadlines for voting and, and registering, uh, checking your voter registration status, especially making sure that you check to see if your polling place has changed 
and or if your representative has changed. You also have links for you to request an early mail-in ballot, sign up to be an election worker, and all the information about the upcoming Swing Left Nebraska events. Again, I want to meet you in person. We all do. And you just made it through another episode of Swing Left Nebraska. Congratulations! Again, my name's Leah, and I'm a passionate Swing Left Nebraska volunteer dedicated to hosting, producing, editing, promoting, recruiting, and interviewing guests. If you like what you heard, please consider giving the show a rating, a follow, and share the link with someone who you think may enjoy the show or someone you think should listen to it. You can also leave a tip in the show notes below. Every penny will go to purchasing stamps, envelopes, and pens for our writing letter parties and to other items for any events that we host. Thanks so much for taking the time to get inspired, get some information, and learn about ways you can stay fired up in the fight to strengthen our democracy. We can do this. Ready, set, go. Let's mobilize, let's take action, let's go.